0: Hello and welcome back to Season 3 of Sequelizers, the show all about fixing bad sequels to good movies. If there was a good movie that was followed by a terrible sequel, you better believe we're going to try and fix it. Of course, as always, I am your host, Jack Chambers, and the four men colloquially known as the two teams of titular Sequelizers... The team of Alec Plowman, Yo, and Stuart Ashen.
1: Well, hello there.
0: And the Extreme Ghostbusters to their real Ghostbusters, Mister Tim Matam. Mm-hmm. Hello. And Matthew Stockton. I'm
2: trying to think of something good to say. You failed. Yeah. I'll go with hello.
0: That'll do. Yeah. If you hadn't already guessed by my obscure reference to cartoons separated by decades, this episode is about fixing a sequel to an eighties classic. It was about five years in the making. We are fixing nineteen eighty nines.
2: Ghostbusters 2. Hang on, hang on. That's the internet getting really angry. Right? That rising tide of rage. <laughs> Stemming from Tim. Vigo the, the Carpathian was cool! No, he
1: wasn't. He was, but nothing else is. That's it, that's all we need for episode one, <laughs> I think. He was
0: badly dubbed, is what he was. Yeah,
1: that is true.
0: So, Ghostbusters 2 is, as you kind of hinted at, Matt, just there... Widely regarded as not that bad by some certain people. Like a certain age group on the internet seem to think like, yeah, it's really good. It's (laughs) underappreciated. Which age group is that? Toddlers. (laughs)
3: Fucking idiot toddlers. It it, it could be... Precisely mine, because I love Ghostbusters too.
4: In uh, the early 30s crowd. Yes. Mm. I was uh, reading something about this earlier, and apparently a lot of it is the people who grew up with whose introduction point to Ghostbusters was the real Ghostbusters cartoon rather than the film, because they were then of an age where they watched that as their first theatrical Ghostbusters movie.
2: See, I am that exact example, but this film can get in the fucking bin. <laughs> <laughs> I think, should we just go around the room and just sort of say what if we like it or not? Because I think that'll probably set the tone for the rest yeah, of the episode. Yeah.
0: Alec, how do you feel about Ghostbusters too? It's fine.
4: Like, I don't, I don't like, I don't love it or hate it. I think it's not as good good as the first one, but I don't think it's as awful as some people think it is. Fair enough.
0: Stuart,
1: how would you yeah, feel? Yeah, similar. It's just a little bit less of the joy in it than Alec. I'm sort of, yeah, it's fine, I suppose. But I do remember the disappointment when it came out, when we all went to the cinema to see it. Like, more Ghostbusters. Oh. Well, <laughs>
0: oh. Tim, I have a feeling you're going to be the most positive.
3: Yes, yes. And I'm I'm happy to represent the the Ghostbusters 2 loving crowd here. I, I think it's great. I saw it many times before I saw the first one, which probably has a big impact on, on my that would make attitude sense, yeah. towards it. But also, I've gone back and watched it many times since watching the original. Many times. I watched them both multiple, multiple times, and not only do I think it's a perfectly acceptable film... I think it's better than the first one Fuck in some hell.
2: regards. Is Ooh. that the first I, time? This is
0: the first time for sequelizers. Is, cause
2: the description of that person, that, that perfect generational bubble of uh, people who think it's really good. Usually, say what you've said to him, it's the idea of like, it's actually better than or as good as the as, as the first one. Yeah, I, I personally, now this is the thing. I will sound vitriolic like I hate the hell out of it, but I kind of don't. I just think it's incredibly weak. But I would also say, going a little bit fucking further and pissing off people just a little bit more, I don't really like any of the Ghostbusters stuff. You stole my line, Matthew Stockton. I do think the cartoons are reasonable.
0: I'm in 100% agreement with you, Mr Stockton. I think the cartoons are the best Ghostbusters things and the films are all fine.
1: This is interesting because I thought I was going to be the only one to say... I mean, I like Ghostbusters, but it's not as good as people say it. turns out there's people here who Bloody like hell. it less than me. Yeah,
0: I thought I was going to be the only
1: one that yeah. liked like... I mean, it okay. was huge. It was the best thing in the world when I was, like, eight. Oh, yeah, but yeah. But I am no longer eight.
2: Yeah, Transformers, Turtles, and Ghostbusters. Those three were... Huge when I was
1: Transformers, yeah. Cartoon
2: yeah. has an amazing, like, pedigree of
3: people working on it. Str- it was Straczynski, J. Michael it. Straczynski, and it was someone else who's really big in the same sort of world, but it does lots to tie it into the Cthulhu myth- mythos and stuff like that, and it, it was actually, like pretty well received and apparently holds up
2: very well I, I can't say I've watched it recently I it's on Netflix now and i watched a couple of episodes recently because my wife loves the hell out of the, uh, the real Ghostbusters it, it is still ropey 80s cartoon it's not perfect but it's so bold and confident with its audience it doesn't talk down to people it's it's really well presented in terms of what it is
1: has anybody seen any of extreme Ghostbusters I've never seen any but i yeah, heard it was quite good I rather like it it's good yeah. Yeah. I've, I've
0: seen all of it once upon a time and yeah it was it was alright
2: It was it was a really good natural successor to Real Ghostbusters,
0: which is interesting because a lot of the weird things and problems with Ghostbusters two is that it is basically a continuation of Real Ghostbusters and not the first film. There's lots of weird influences and the fact that so you've got the original film is 1984, Real Ghostbusters is 86, and then Ghostbusters two is 89. The fact that Real Ghostbusters got in there in between the two films had a weird amount of influence and. Janine's character completely changes from one to two because of how she is in real Ghostbusters. The look changes, her attitude changes. It's really weird. And of course, Louis is like a totally different character. Suddenly a member of the Ghostbusters. Like, okay, yeah, sure. We can put a proton pack on him. But it's he becomes that in real Ghostbusters and that carries on over into the second movie. And it's kind of this weird... Yeah, I guess the continuity... If you haven't seen the cartoon, I think it loses a lot of what's going
4: on. It is interesting because... The question is would this movie have gotten made without real Ghostbusters? Because real Ghost Ghostbusters is a popular movie, but I think that real Ghostbusters and then the accompanying toy line is the thing that makes Ghostbusters into a massive household name and it also makes it into a thing for kids. Because I think the first Ghostbusters is I mean the first Ghostbusters is for kids in that it's a family movie, but it's also a bunch of S N L guys. So there is there is that going for it but then i think yeah ghostbusters to uh, ghost real ghostbusters was the thing that really made it into a a children's franchise
3: yeah there's some there's some interesting almost nods to that in the film where you have um ray and winston doing kids parties yeah. and then the kids are no longer interested in them they want he-man yeah. um He-Man. which feels like a commentary on where like the 80s toy market or toy focused cartoon market was yeah. at the time and i think it is it is more of a family friendly film definitely like you haven't got dan Aykroyd's ghost blowjob in this one Um, (laughs) uh, or any of that stuff yeah i think i think i think it's definitely like you say it's it's more of not necessarily a kids but definitely a family friendly
2: romp yeah because the as as we said earlier the original ghostbusters is it's still a family film but it's an 80s pg families film so you still have as you say the the blowjob joke you've got tons of smoking you have surprising amount of swearing um in fact these things don't get reclassified either a lot so it's still a pg despite the fact that if it a release now it'd be a solid 12 and things like slimer in the second film becoming a huge element of the film because again he's a huge character in, in the in the cartoon and becoming a sort of good guy as well oh yes that, completely that kind of flipped
4: because he was popular with with
2: kids exactly and you had the the sort of very horrific makeup in the first one like they, i seem to recall that as a cab driver looks like a romero-esque sort of zombie prop uh i mean you know the later remake of romero stuff but um yeah, so and he's just this really gnarled tails and the crypt kind of looking mm. beast and then it just became these glowing specters who are very innocent because again it was an easier to to present it to the, to the audience and i would say ultimately that you ultimately were right the only reason this film was made was because the cartoon was a success
0: yes there was studio pressure on Ackroyd and ramus they didn't want to do another one they said right the story's done we're finished we don't we don't want to go off and do other stuff we don't want to keep doing sequels and stay with one franchise and get pigeonholed in our careers and all that kind of stuff and yeah studio pressure and then suddenly alec you mentioned toy lines I know you're a bit of a toy expert. The toy line was a huge factor in this, and you get characters like Slimer, everybody bought or built their own fucking proton packs out of cardboard boxes and a bit of a hoover and stuff like that. It became a huge thing for kids, and that kind of is what causes the tonal shift going into real Ghostbusters, and then again, it carries on into Ghostbusters 2 in that it's this weird tonal mashup of like really weird, gory scenes, and then family-friendly comedy and gags and stuff and it's this weird kind of i don't know it just doesn't gel very well for me
2: and yet at the same time we're talking about how this was reworked for an audience to sell toys to kids and be more presentable so you'd have pete mcnichols character of fucking janosh being so ridiculous and so henchmany and, and totally a polish accent everybody we <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> convincing and authentic yeah. but I, I despite saying all that Vigo, the fucking Carpathian scared the shit out of me as a kid. Me too. Still fucking does. Actual real-life murderer. Yeah. It's just terrible. With the voice of Max von Sydow. Um, But uh, no, it's just just a really terrifying individual and image and just a thing that resonated with me as just an overbearingly creepy thing. I think, yeah, there's...
3: I mean, as much as I champion this film, I'm not like completely oblivious to its flaws. And I think there's a a fascinating kind of portrait of where it do- <laughs> it does something incredibly well and then instantly ping-pongs back to something really bad is there's the scene where there's where uh, Janos is coming to collect the baby and it's like a blackout but he has like these beams of light shooting out of his eyes and it's such a disturbing great image in that moment and it's really creepy and then once he grabs the baby he suddenly turns into a ghost nanny with a ghost pram flying away off into the distance and it's such a like that moment is just like a uh, just such an (laughs)
2: undercut of this like wonderfully like creepy moment it is like someone stepped in and said you've gone too far read it back almost real time and they've done it and then said what about this it's like wow that was too far yeah (laughs) um but it does it does have some fantastically like creepy moments
3: and i think you know there's a lot of sort of interesting ghosts i think the scaleri brothers like are pretty pretty great
1: very cartoony as well. As mm-hmm. Matthew says, you can see where the influence of the cartoon has come in there. But I completely agree. I think the image of Vigo and the image of Janos with the eyes are both really strong. I mean, the Vigo image is now virtually iconic, isn't it? I think people just remember that. I think, oh, Ghostbusters 2 was good because of that. It's like, no. Go and watch it again. There's good bits in it, but... Ugh. Yeah, I
2: think they're genuinely um, walking outweighed Statue by some... Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I... Um, that's one of the bits I'm sort of on the fence about. I don't really care about that. It's fine. I don't, Again, the 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 child in me, even at the time, was like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't see how that works. Uh, I had a real problem. I wasn't like a clean freak child, but. I've never thought, oh, slime. So, for example, the, again, talk about toys for a second. I didn't have a lot of the Ghostbusters toys, but I had the sort of... Like I wanted Ecto one and I wanted the the headquarters, the, the firehouse. didn't have either, but my friends did. But I had all the individual figures, and that was great. But the firehouse was always... Something you would see in the ads and you think, oh my God, that's great. You get to take the slime and pour it through and it goes through the grates on the top and pours on all the levels. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. So I went to my friend's house at the age of whatever it was, like for six or something and said, oh, can we put the slime in? And he said in his most dejected voice, no, it's really difficult to put slime out. We're not going to do that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but that's the only thing I want to do. It's too much work for fun. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, thanks, man. Fuck. <laughs> but it, it is one of those odd things that I just went, slime, ugh. And this film relies on slime so much. <laughs> a lot it is such of slime. a key component to everything. A river, of a river of slime. A river of slime. Buckets of slime. Toasters with slime bits in them. Slime trying to get Sigourney Weaver and a baby. Yes, the it, bathtub full of slime. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's it's and then hosing each other, other down, and covered in goop, going. I love you. It's just a bit weird. It's positively charged. <laughs> slime. No, it's not. It's a fucking Egon's orgy. Egon's been sleeping <laughs> with it.
0: Oh, it's so weird. So for those listeners who haven't seen Ghostbusters, <laughs> today, <laughs> I usually get to the synopsis a little bit before we just go into all the crazy batshit stuff. True. But allow me to elaborate now,
2: <laughs> even though we already know about bathtub. A bunch full of, slime of slime happens from start to end, and a painting goes, "Oh, slime!" <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Why are you not the person who writes the back of the DVD boxes?
2: Oh, I would uh, love to do that. I'd the so boys time. are back together.
0: Lots of slime. Painting wants slime. Ah.
2: (laughs) Would not recommend.
0: (laughs) So, synopsis for Ghostbusters 2. The film opens with the title reading five years later. Almost as if it's actually five years later in real life.
2: Mm.
0: And we find the Ghostbusters living in hard times. The restraining order has forbidden the boys to partake in paranormal warfare, and as a result, they've had to seek other lines of work. Ray and Winston spare their time performing at children's birthday parties and Egon is busy conducting experiments investigating the effect of human emotions on the environment, leaving Ghostbusters in the past. Venkman and Dana have split up, and Venkman now hosts a local cable show called The World of the Psychic. Dana, now divorced and the mother of a little baby named Oscar, works as an art restorer in a museum, and this is where the plot kicks in with slime and the painting that we've already kind of mentioned. Dana is restoring a portrait of the 16th century tyrant by the name of Vigo the Carpathian, and a portrait becomes cursed. The evil Vigo wants to return to life by taking over the body of Oscar, Dana's son. Vigo has enlisted Dana's boss, the aforementioned terribly Polish-accented Janosch, to compel Dana to cooperate. Soon, sludge and slime flow through the streets of Manhattan, and the Ghostbusters have to reunite to save the city from paranormal evil.
1: Yeah. Heck of a coincidence it happened to that baby and that painting. Oh, uh, no.
2: <laughs> That fucking baby. Those babies are twins. That the twins, yeah. yeah.
3: Talking about coincidences because I was I was thinking about Ghostbusters two earlier today, as one might expect coming <laughs> to record this, and I was also thinking about Ghostbusters, and like this is one of the bits where I think like it, it is genuinely better than the first one uh-huh. in that the justification for the plot in this is shaky. You know, it happens to be Dana working at that museum, inexplicably having changed career from a cellist to a... As one uh, does. ...painting restorer. Sifting through um, art. You know, it's okay, this is a cursed artefact that's been unearthed or brought brought here for the first time. It possesses the guy, she has a baby, and is kind of the p- person he's already obsessed with. It more or less makes sense as an inciting event. When you go back to the first Ghostbusters, the inciting event is just, she happens to live in that building, and the building... In the past, got made as a ghost magnet, but that ne- only comes up in one scene. The first film is full of it, it, stuff; just kind of happens in the first film. Yeah. There isn't really a plot to hang it on. No, no, Ghostbusters think, is weak in that
2: regard. You're yeah, right.
3: Ghostbusters yeah. Two is much better, and this is probably the influence of the cartoon in actually coming, to, like having some kind of coherent plot that everything hangs around. I can remember like the the idea of that the slime is like all of the bad emotions of the city like congealed together i found that and still do like such a great image and i think you know both of the ghostbusters films are such great films about kind of new york And that speaks so much to, like, here is a city where everyone is so angry and frustrated (laughs) that it's literally (laughs) taken on physical form. Yeah, Um, that's fair. That's fair.
2: uh, Yeah. It's also interesting because technically we were speaking about Spider-Man the other week and the idea that obviously after uh, 9-11 in Spider-Man 1, where there was this idea, you mess with New York, one of us mess with all us, New York, baby! there is that sort of rallying of you don't fuck with New York kind of thing Mm. and it's interesting that um, Ghostbusters 2 has that similar thing like we need a symbol you know it's the Mm. Statue of Liberty I don't think though it would go down that way I think the only thing they would fear feel was fear (laughs) and um, I think the town would be ravaged by more ghosts and stuff it wouldn't work out
3: well it is also a town where every year they have a parade of giant inflated characters down the main streets yeah that's terrifying too
2: yeah They've got used to it. They've got a lot of fine. parades in New York, to be fair. <laughs> so, should we have a little guess
0: for Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, scores on the door.
2: I'm going to guess that Ghostbusters 2 has a current score of 89 percentile. Okay. Tim, what do you think?
3: I think pretty low. I think 63. Wow.
1: Stuart yeah. Ashton? I think a bit higher. I'm going to go 72 Alec Palmer. I'm going to go
4: bang on 60% it's 53% Jesus Christ really? it's pretty bad yeah if this is based on critics of the time I can see it is mostly yeah yeah, Yeah, where where is your god now team
0: (laughs) he's even got got an average of 5.3 as well so it's (laughs) like 53% 5.3 which is fair. any guesses for the original the 1984 Ghostbusters (laughs) well now my confidence
2: is shaken I,
3: I think it's one of those ones that's Got a cult following over time. I think it was. I think the reason it's so popular is a lot to do with the VHS boom. And I reckon it's probably given that was a fifty-three. I reckon it's only about
0: seventy-eight.
2: Yeah, I'm low balling at seventy-two now.
0: Stuart eighty-seven. Alec Uh, eighty-three. Ninety-seven percent. Wow,
2: that is a load. Bear in mind that is.
0: The amount of positive reviews is not a score They're out not 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got an average of 8.1, which mm, is... eight high. Is, yeah. mm. And just for funsies, Ghostbusters 2016. Ooh. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Mm, yeah. Because there's a there is a conne- quite a few connections between 2 sure, and sure. 2016. Any guesses for the Paul Feig?
2: I'm going to say 7... No, s- mm, 62. <laughs> Tim? 75. I'm going to smack on the three-quarter mark.
1: I was going to say 62. i I'm
0: Instead, I'm going to say 63. You son of a bitch. Uh, I'm going to go 70%.
4: 73 Ooh. for 2016,
0: with an average of 6.5. Mm-hmm. Also fair. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And kind of the interesting thing, as we know, there was a lot of crazy, weird backlash with, oh, there are a bunch of women taking over our childhoods. Man. The, the word you're the, looking for is dickheads. The, the internet, <laughs> yeah. Dickheads of the internet took over the world for a brief second. And... That is a big part of why a lot of people. I'm obviously not accusing you of this, Tim, yeah. but a lot of people go back and look at Ghostbusters too and think it's better than it is because they were so pissed off by oh bloody women in our films. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't like women. I want blokes and more blokes. And there was this weird thing. <laughs> there's a hot. There's a hot. There's Visit a my website, kind of blokes and more blokes <laughs> women, Blokes and more blokes. Women, women can't bust ghosts dot <laughs> com. Um, and there's this weird kind of retroactive going back to look at Ghostbusters 2 and think yeah that isn't that bad compared to the 2016 one and the, I thought the Rotten Tomato score was kind of going to reflect that and it totally doesn't they're they're kind of I don't know how I would rate them maybe like I said I'm not that keen on any of the Ghostbusters movie like Matt said but yeah 2016 is not a travesty
2: but it's Nothing particularly interesting to me. Here's, here's what I, here's how I'd rate them. Ghostbusters uh, on my review site, I do out of five, so it'll be out of five. Ghostbusters one is a three out of five film. It's fine. It's it's okay. It's got a lot of lightning in the bottle kind of luck to it, in that it's people at the top of their game having a lot of fun with something that's really fucking stupid. But in terms of structure and all that sort of stuff, dumb. Ghostbusters two, two out of five, fails a lot doesn't do as good still quite impressive visually effects quite nice etc 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 fuck you bill murray i'll go back to that later (laughs) ghostbusters remake i wanted to love it very disappointing primarily because i thought it was a comedy and if you go back at the other films they're not comedies they have comedic people doing really straight stuff except ghostbusters 2 and that makes it entertaining and you had comedians doing it but Ghostbusters: the remake or the whatever you want to fucking call it, um, the new version, 2016 version, it was so heavy on the comedy and so the cinematography was so bright to get the improv mm. sort of going, so much dancing, and <laughs> there it, is too much dancing in that movie. Dancing. You're right. <laughs> and I, I really wanted to enjoy it and I really wanted to support it. And I thought it, there are moments where it's really quite entertaining. I, I liked a lot of support things like the the visual effects of the ghosts being live action with a bit of cg enhancement that's great but again it's like oh patty wonderful should she be like a scientist no (laughs) and i still i think that the supports were interesting but yeah a lot of big problems i've written a review on the whole thing anyway but not nearly as problematic as ghostbusters 2 for me because at the end of the day they had to come in saying fresh and different and didn't whereas ghostbusters 2 just uh, sort of hybridized itself with a cartoon and made it more unpleasant
3: yeah, I would say my my own my issue because I, I had much the same attitude towards the Ghostbusters sort of reboot, which was I, like, you know, I I was going against the hubbub of dickheads on the on the internet and was perfectly willing to give it a chance and and came out you know reasonably disappointed, thought they were good moments. I I think it interestingly goes sort of the other direction to Ghostbusters too, whereas Ghostbusters two does have a, a more of a plot uh, to hang the jokes on, even though if some of the jokes are broader than they were in the first one. The 2016 Ghostbusters, it falls prey to a lot of the problem of modern American comedies, which is, oh, we're just going to let everybody improv yeah. and be funny, and we're not going to really ever put an end to a scene. And straight it, man? Who needs a straight man or woman? Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Just everybody's funny at the same time. Yes, and the plot is just a loose excuse for... Comedians to just kind of fart around in a scene and hopefully find something Sometimes funny. literally fart around in a scene. Sometimes team. literally.
2: Yeah.
1: Wantons.
3: Um, yeah,
1: it just... It Where just, was the editor that day? Was he ill?
3: Yeah. Paul Feig is sort of uh, one of the... Because he's one of the most common directors for these kind of films, are very guilty of it, but it's, it's a general trend of just people need to... Like, writers, do your job and actually yeah. write the damn film <laughs> <laughs> and put some yeah. jokes in it rather than just relying on funny people being... <laughs> you know funny
1: so a lot of people say oh most of ghostbusters was ad-libbed and stuff no it weren't if you look at the script no no they, i mean they worked around it don't get me wrong it's not as tight as i don't think as ghostbusters 2 but it's it's nowhere
2: near as improv as uh, it comes heavy down to the delivery that's the, the remake, key thing the delivery yeah. and the chemistry that's what makes it work
0: so there was a very long journey towards the 2016 reboot as well because there was actually ghostbusters 3 that was in production it went in like pre-production and Ramus and Aykroyd had actually written a script, mostly Aykroyd, and he kind of got Ramus to kind of tag along. And it was going to be called Ghostbusters 3 Hellbent. And it was going to involve some sort of like they have to actually journey into hell yeah. and more like demons and stuff and how that would work. And then in 2004, it still hadn't been made, and Bill Murray was like, I want nothing to do with Ghostbusters. And they had been in talks to cast Ben Stiller as his successor in Mm. the Ghostbusters group. Mm. Surprise, surprise, fucking nothing happened with that. (laughs) And then, of course, Harold Ramis died in 2014, and it kind of just went nowhere. Um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller then took over as potential reboot people. They then left, and it was completely cancelled, and then... Paul Feig shows up and says, hey, I want to do it, and that's how the 2016... It went through, like, five different hands by the time it actually got made, and it was originally a third film.
1: Didn't they base the video game on large aspects of the unused third screen? I'm not surprised that
3: you
0: know yeah, that, Stuart. I, yeah. <laughs> you are correct,
3: absolutely. Yeah, I was also fairly certain about the video game thing, but I'd also... I'm pretty sure that Evolution, the David Duchovny... <laughs> oh. Alien oh, the film, Head and Shoulders advert. The Head and Shoulders advert was basically based on a draft from, at some point, Ghostbusters Interesting. I don't that film. Because it's got Dan Aykroyd in it yes. as the mayor, <laughs> um, and it's a team of four scientists solving a problem, and yeah, you could quite yeah. easily swap out aliens for ghosts in it. Yeah. And I think Dan Aykroyd's been one of the main people who's occasionally tried to bring it back, because he bloody loves the supernatural. He's obsessed with crystal skulls, which is, yeah.
1: you know... His crystal skull vodka yes, he makes, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't Dan Aykroyd have quite strange spiritualist beliefs? Yeah, and yeah. sort of certain aspects yeah. of them are worked yeah. into the scripts. Yes, yeah.
2: yeah. See, as much as Dan Aykroyd loves the shit out of these things, uh, I think in an interview with him and Ivan Reitman, they were saying that they waited a little too long. If they released it sooner, Ghostbusters 2, that is, it would have um, worked better, hopefully. But as much as Dan Aykroyd is the one sort of spearheading the charge, saying this is my jam, I get to talk nonsense in uninterrupted <laughs> sentences for three or four minutes about hellscapes and later lines. And just and- hang out with my friends. For- Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, and one of the reasons I don't like, especially Ghostbusters 2, is Bill motherfucking Murray. I heard that they sent him a script. He shredded it, sent it back to them and said, I'm not going to read this script. And I do a quiz in Norwich, and I did a sort of true and false question and stoked the ideas of the. Uh, it's Bill Murray a dick. Truffles sounds almost true. That was the idea that in Ghostbusters two, Bill Murray never wears the um, the outfit, the Ghostbusters overalls, and the amount of people went, oh fuck, does he? I don't think he does. He does, by the way, he does. But the fact that you don't know because he spends most of the film in a fucking coat and it's just <laughs> yeah. him being dragged to the table, dragged to the film. I'm pretty sure it's only he did it because he could get like greenlit on something else he was working on. The thing is, everyone loves Bill Murray and everyone loves Bill Murray in Ghostbusters and everyone loves Venkman, but he is probably the worst element of both films solely because he's obviously not interested venkman's an awful human being and an awful character he was a douchebag in the um in the cartoon but at least he was a sort of lovable cowardly kind of trying to be suave jerk but in the films he's just a straight up creepy fucking guy and uh, i mean he's with dana for a while then she goes off and learns besides music's not her thing anymore she's now into paintings which just shows that dana's a very very talented character, um, has a baby with somebody who's just out of the fucking picture entirely and he's just still creeping around like a little freak. Uh. <laughs> but this is the thing, because like, this is the most controversial statement I'll say all night. And be prepared, audience. I don't get Bill Murray. Once again, we are in agreement, Mr. <laughs> because Sturman. I've grown up with so many Bill Murray films and I've told myself, he's the cool kid in class and I love him, he's great. But the more I watch Bill Murray, the more I realise I don't get Bill Murray. And I understand why people enjoy Bill Murray, but I'm pretty sure, I think I was telling Jack about this once before, and I was saying the idea of Clark Gable. People are like, oh, he's, he's a sex symbol. And look at Clark Gable now and show it to some sort of teenager and say, this man's sexy, right? And he's like, no. Who's that flat-headed, Big eared freak. It's like, that's Clark Gable. He doesn't give a damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I, w- I wouldn't be surprised in. Because th- he did all kinds of films. He did period films and crime films and gangster films. He did everything. And I wouldn't be surprised in 40, 50 years' time. People show people like Bill Murray performances. Who is this half assing it motherfucker? Turning up in every film going, hey, I don't really care about being here. And every time I watch him now, I can't get into his performance there are so few bill murray films i genuinely enjoy what he's doing because he's always doing the same thing seemingly being very lacklustre all the way through and everyone's just applauding him for it and this is one of the best examples people love bill murray in this film there you go, baby give me some that. yeah oh you love it. you're you're great no one of the best but it's like this is not funny this is really tedious but we all love him for some reason you don't have to enjoy, you don't have to side with me i see where you're coming from though. i think he's all right Oh, fucking hell, Alec. <laughs> Get he's off that face. He's
0: considered a national treasure in America. He's just like this absolute hero who goes around like pranking people in real life because he's wacky Bill Murray. He's just a
2: bloke. He's a yeah, he actor. eats their chips and says, no one will leave you, and then walks away. It's like, that's quite weird. And very... But if he did that, like, you know, in a really creepy, sexual way. He goes sexual up and like, puts <laughs> his hands <laughs> over people's eyes and shit like that. And, yeah.
3: Yeah. Weirdo. Yeah. yeah. One major, major problem and sticking point that I have with Venkman in this film, uh, a thing that has never, ever made sense to me and always bugged me, is the scene where Dana comes round to his apartment to stay and she's got the baby, the Oscar, with her and she needs a new nappy and Venkman gives her some prize, like, sweatshirt that used to belong to, like, a baseball player or something and is like, now, don't poop in this because, it, it, like, I got it from a girl who got it from baseballman <laughs> uh, and and, uh, and so you know you've got to be very careful now one what does he think a, a baby is going to do in a nappy other than pee and poop and two has he no other fabric in his entire apartment
2: that he could use, use one of your own shirts or uh, yes. your own yeah.
0: pants or something i, like I remember yeah.
2: correctly dana turns up without any clothes as well she just rush out with a coat on and crosses new york and he has to get something for her as well. And he's much honestly, more concerned. I honestly can't remember I, th- that bit, I but... think he literally is more concerned about getting in her pants. So he's like, right, I've got to give this baby something. And he's, I think he's was just like, sort of looking at clothes, seeing what's so clean. And again, he's just a very... I don't understand how he survives. And his TV show, who the fuck is watching his weird-ass psychic TV show? Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the psychic TV show where the yeah. psychic can't be bothered no, no, to be there.
4: Maybe yeah. it's Dan
0: Aykroyd and his weird Dan supernatural... Dan I don't know. Mm. So more figures for you. How much did it make at the box office? Shitload. Oh mm. yeah,
2: this one. I don't think it made that much.
0: Budget and box office. Two hundred
2: thousand. Two hundred million. <laughs> two hundred. Two hundred <laughs> thousand. Budget of <laughs> uh, I think it two hundred million. Two hundred million as for as box office. Uh, I'm sorry, a budget. I imagine. budget and box office. Fifty Matthews. million. Bo- uh, budget two hundred million box office. Okay, Tim. What do you think? I'm going to go a bit higher than that. I'm going to go
3: seventy-five million on the budget. And 300
1: million box office. Stuart, what do you I'm going to go 40 million budget. I would say 175 million box office.
4: Alec Plowman. Uh, 60 million budget, 275 million box office. It's a
0: 37 million budget. Yeah. 80s. And Ooh. 215 box office. See, that's mm. not good for a huge. Not crazy. It's not like, bad. It's, it's not... Obviously, made your money back and mm. stuff like that. I what twice yeah. was
2: the other money was. Yeah,
0: it didn't. It kind of exploded more in the toys and I'm, kind of being a cultural thing. I'm
4: sure it cleaned up on VHS as well. Mm. That's the mm.
0: yeah. you, you hinted at that earlier, Tim. It's kind of like, also, yeah.
4: Also, because I'm sure that for a lot of the demographic, it was the case that their parents didn't want to take them to the cinema to see it because content and VHS was considered a much more appropriate way for younger kids to watch it mm. at home, mm. where it could be supervised. But that's maybe just in the UK where we're really particular about these things i think not compared to the rest of the world
2: yeah i don't know i think i think america received it in the cinema reasonably well but again different sort of audience basically i think and I, I suppose
3: when you're talking about things like i don't know how these are carried into box i suppose it's not at all for box office takings but the fact that you have got the cartoon out there at the same time yeah. may mean that for example parents are happy to tell their kids just watch the cartoon on TV.
4: We'll get it when the video comes out, kind of thing. Those are still pretty good figures, though. That's a that's a success. Yeah, it's not it's in, not yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. It also came out the same summer as Batman, didn't it? It came Which, out two I months
0: think... before Batman or something yeah. like that. It was very very
4: yeah shortly before that, and, it and got, was mm. top of the box office until the instant Batman hit, and then everyone forgot about it. Yep, man,
1: that Batman. Thing. I remember being interviewed for the local newspaper because we were queuing for Batman, and they didn't use my quote. But but they showed my friend Carl because he had a Batman (laughs) t-shirt.
2: What was your quote, Stuart? Eat my bat cunt! When (laughs) you were there? I thought something that wouldn't go in the paper. That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> no, they
1: completely um, lied about what everybody said as well, because oh. everyone was like, oh, what bit are you looking forward to the most? And everybody said, well, the Joker, because he looks amazing from yeah. the thing, and we're 14, so that's edgy and cool. And I think it was Michael said, oh, yeah, the Joker, and they quoted him in the newspaper saying, I'm looking most forward to the Batmobile car.
2: Oh, <laughs> fuck off. He
1: was most displeased with that. Fake news. Fake news. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Eastern evening news, fake news.
3: I'm looking forward to Kim Basinger's <laughs> performance as Vicky
0: Vale.
1: I'm looking forward to the returning performance of Harvey Dent, who is, of course, uh, portrayed by the same actor who played Lando Calrissian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of touched upon the, the family-friendly side of things and how it spins from being less family-friendly to more family-friendly. There's a weird amount of family-of-the-cast cameos in this movie. I don't oh, know if you yeah. guys know Jason this. Jason Wrightman and stuff. Ooh. Jason Reitman is in it, you're right who's the, obviously the son of Ivan Reitman um, he plays the boy at the birthday party who insults them mm. <laughs> um, and Catherine Reitman, Ivan's daughter yeah. also plays the girl with the puppy in the lab we also have Bill Murray's brother Brian, Brian Doyle Murray he's in mm. lots of things to be fair he's in other things he's the psychiatric doctor uh, and then Dan Aykroyd's niece, Karen is also one of the school children so there's a bunch of weird like, family cameos I don't know if that was a conscious choice to go like, hey, more family friendly, there's more kids in this movie kind of thing. Or
4: They'd all just had kids by the time that they were making the second yeah. one.
2: Dad, <laughs> dad,
1: can we be in uh, Ghostbusters? Yeah.
2: I'll go on and direct Juno in the future and lots of other things. It'll be alright, dad. Yeah. <laughs> I need to learn from you. Well done,
0: Jason. Carry on, son.
1: <laughs> uh, my last point on Ghostbusters 2 is I really hate the end image where Vigo's painting has turned into like a pretty oh, renaissance yeah. painting of the Ghostbusters being naked. I know it's hard to end these things, but Guys, there's a team of you. Think of
4: something else. Yeah. And you know, if you if you're stuck for an ending, Highlander to it. Because Highlander yeah. 2
2: had the best ending. Back <laughs> to Ryan the planet to
0: Zeist. The smiley face. <laughs> Back to
2: Zeist we go. <laughs> I know it is very strange because I must admit, I don't get on with the whole I get the logic of the narrative of evil slime is evil, but positive feelings outweigh. It's a good message for kids. Whatever. That's fine. And again, New York rallying behind a symbol. Again, very American, very cool. Fine, no problem. Uh, the symbol, however, is smashing a fucking building up with a <laughs> statue. But whatever, that's fine. And then hosing each other down and being like a sing song and having a you know fucking great time. Therefore, we love each other. But the painting is so we- it doesn't make. I mean, the first film ends badly enough as it is. We're just a sort of flat montage of them walking away and the crowd sort of cheers like, oh yeah, this is a thing. But yeah, the second one, I don't. I, I mean, the painting's nicely painted. But it's a bit weird. And I don't understand, do the museum then keep that? Do they hang that? Do they try and restore it some more? Do they go evil and start coming in? <laughs> yeah, because why does Ray get turned twice? Yeah, that
3: is, I, I was going to bring that up. The weird Ray gets, specific. that feels very much like a Dan Aykroyd wanting to be weird. And there's a cut bit in it somewhere where like he spends 15 minutes talking to the painting or something.
2: In his his possessed face is just very odd. His tongue out and his eyes a little bit crossed. He, goes, he looks he looks like a, like a Someone's inflated a pug. <laughs> <laughs> I would take that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very strange. Jack touched on this briefly, talking about the family being cast in it and the girl with the is it a puppy? A puppy in the lab. A puppy a in the lab. In the yeah. lab. Um, and we've talked about how disappointing Bill Murray is in in this film. I think Harold Ramis is fantastic in this film i think he's i would agree, as good in in this one as he is in the first one yeah. i think he gets a lot of the best lines and his... speaking of that painting is the whole ray can you can yeah. you get away from <laughs> hit the monster whatever it is that... yeah and um you know and we we t- you touched on briefly earlier about how it's not necessarily a lot of the lines aren't written as funny <clears throat> they're just delivered in funny ways and he's got the perfect like deadpan for that yeah. just stuff like Let's see what happens when we take away the parents and bring in the puppy or whatever the yeah, line yeah, is yeah. And, and stuff like that. The fact that he had a slinky when he was a kid but straightened it. I, I think he, I think he's great in this. I'd say that's fair.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I think Ramus mm. is one of the strongest performances across right. the the two films.
3: And it's terrible that they still don't give Winston anything to do. Oh, oh Winston yeah. no. a
2: handful of lines, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah, even yeah, that's so disappointing. It upsets me a lot. And he,
3: and he was going to have a much bigger role from the first film onwards. It was going to be Eddie Murphy, and then Eddie Murphy backed out, and they yeah. reduced the role hugely.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah, see, that kind of shit. I mean, I know I wanted John Candy involved at some point as well. and Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's so many bits and pieces in this it, it, whole franchise that it's so close to being astonishingly good. Shut up, Ghostbusters fans. And it just n- near misses by... Just really stupid decisions made within itself. The first one is, well, we don't need a fourth character apparently, but we kinda do. So let's just fucking half arse it. And look, either write the Winston character out entirely or just make him a good solid character. Then you got the second film, same thing. You have a chance to redeem yourselves here, you have a chance to make nope, same problems every time, just heightened and 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 magnified. Then you got the remake of, oh, you have a chance to really do something new here make the same sort of mistakes and amplify it by making it too comedy based and ghostbusters 3 in terms of the actual because i think again we talked about the ghostbusters 3 being made at one point and the idea that um obviously you know murray being so against it but i'm pretty sure there was talk about it from the studio still doing it the, the, idea, the idea of murray would come back if his character was a ghost and oh, interesting. they that's were like that's a Bill a, Murray thing yeah and they said that's an interesting idea we might be able to go with that we might be able to make that work and the problem was how Ramis if I remember correctly directed year one with Michael Sarah and Jack Black which he was convinced would be a hit, and it was a piece of shit and the studio went oh maybe Ramis doesn't know what he's talking about maybe we shouldn't take a ton of money into a Ghostbusters film maybe we need to get rid of this and you know other things and it developed into where it is but I think if I'm honest with you that's why I think the real Ghostbusters is the best format for Ghostbusters because it should be a Police procedural. Should be monster of the week? What is it this time? The alarm goes off, the phone rings, fucking we're out of here now, off and away, job done. As a film, the story will always be disappointing, um, but you need that kind of budget to make it arguably work. I still think now a Netflix or a Amazon or even like an HBO um, Ghostbusters series would be a great fucking idea. We've got Lost in Space on Netflix. I think that's okay.
0: Yeah, it's a weird thing. I'm like, oh, it's a high budget Lost in Space that's not <laughs> featuring Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> He had such a cool helmet in that, though. I, I, <whistles> Going up, oh, that was
1: cool. We, Nothing else in the film is any good.
3: I'll be very disappointed, though, if they don't include the Apollo 440 remix of the... Oh, uh, I'm sure some, no, 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 I apologise,
1: there are two good things in that film. Complete, yeah, complete, yeah. complete yeah. with all Matt LeBlanc yes, yes. quotes in it. I, I think, <laughs> I'm think i Joey. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> If, Forget uh, about it. <laughs> if 2018 has doing? proved
2: anything, it will be the exact same song, but done by, like, Head or something. A really slow rendition of their for, like... Because um... <laughs> <laughs> we just, you know, all the... all the uh, what was that, I think I put this in the, a tweet recently. All the positive songs of the past are now the... Uh, the distant echoes of the present and are all somber. So it has to be all the upbeat, cool pop songs, but so- sung soulfully and very, very somberly. So are we saying that our um, sequelized Ghostbusters 2 has to have like a. a,
3: a yeah, Ray Pucker Jr. or Jackie Wilson higher and higher, but. Oh, fuck. Re really. sung by like. Tom York or something. Yes, the radio is <laughs> yes. lower and lower.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <Solid>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think Matt is spot on with if you take Ghostbusters and do something slightly different with it, like your Monster of the Week idea, I think it would work. But going back to what you said earlier, actually, where it really was lightning in a bottle, just everything happened to come together, and oh man, this is good. Then when you try and recreate it, there shouldn't have been a sequel in the sense of being a direct sequel, yeah. as the people themselves new you know which is why i imagine our sequels are going to be interesting
2: surely we can fix this Mm. surely we have produced a a, a fact which is that it's fucking almost impossible to do this and yet we'll bloody well try now that
0: is a segue yes so uh, that is time to get into your pitches let's get some teases since we're still in real one and i'm gonna come to the team of alec and stewart first what is your team name, please, sirs?
4: <laughs> oh, oh, that's not a good start. I'll, I'll let you deliver the, the magic that is.
0: Our team name
1: this week will be. I ain't afraid of no tea, vicar.
2: <laughs> oh, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's the, a gauntlet has been thrown down, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that
0: them's fighting words. <laughs> is it? I can't remember why.
1: <laughs> Where's my grandpa, Dice? I've earned I've them.
2: <laughs> I wonder if the audience are going to go, I'm good at it. Oh. It was because, uh, yeah, yeah, Poltergeist, our team, it was more ghost's uh, that's, why, that's why I suggested it.
1: I see, I thought it was just funny in its own
0: right. It is funny. <laughs> I just thought you were being clever. I won't make that mistake again. you yeah. being even more <laughs> clever in referencing that. Yeah. So, gentlemen... What is the title of your Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> fix?
1: Our title is Ghostbusters 2, but 2 spelled T-double-O. Ah, oh.
0: oh, oh, no really? Roman numerals for you.
1: No,
3: damn them. Go for that dumb and dumber two audience. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're That's out the there somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our script isn't quite as clever, but <laughs> the look who's talking to crowd— <laughs> all six of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be released in the space year two thousand and seven. Mm.
2: Okay,
4: right. Our film is directed by Edgar Wright. Mm. Interesting.
1: This film exists instead of Hot Fuzz in our alternate universe.
4: Oh. oh. oh.
0: Oh, it's 2007, yeah, of course.
4: Mm-hmm. The character of Steve Crosby will be played by Simon Pegg. <laughs> Who would have guessed? The character of Keith Garrard. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Nick Frost. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda Stantz by Tamsin Grieg. James Maidley by Peter Serafinovic. Dana Venkman, Sigourney Weaver. Juliet Trebus, Rosamund Pike. And... Sean Scorer, Michael Smiley, and the score to this movie by David Arnold.
2: Oh, David, motherfucking Arnold! I like it. Mm-hmm. That was a cool? Because he's worked
4: back. quite a bit
1: with Edgar Wright yeah, and
2: okay. uh, done
1: many a Bond
2: over the years. <laughs> so you've, I've got proper like Edgar Wright isms and and space cast and everything else, and that makes sense, yeah. Because let's face it, if, got, you the, if you cast, if you, yeah, on. if you're bringing yeah. in Edgar Wright, that's exactly what I would yeah. expect.
1: The elevator pitch. A small group of lazy, bored, and incompetent Ghostbusters franchisees must get their act together in order to save rural England.
2: I think you missed a trick, though, because it probably sounds like you're going to have some really strongly written female characters. <laughs> Edgar Wright, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me slaying Edgar Wright, not you guys, obviously. We're pissing
3: off, like, half the internet this time. Bill
2: Murray, Edgar Wright. I've run out of people. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters! Donald Trump. Over to you, Matt and Tim. Team name, please, sirs. We are the
0: Tough Harbour
3: Chicks.
2: Yeah. That's a Ghostbusters joke I like. So for those who may need that explained to them, at one point um, they talk about the structure and integrity of the Statue of Liberty being able to move, and they say, she's tough, she's a harbour chick! Yeah. So we are Tough Harbour Chicks as well, and we are also controlled by, by NES controllers. controllers. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and our film will be re- released in the space year 1996. 12 years after the original. And what's it called? It is called Ghostbusters, Inc. Oh, mm. interesting. And our director is Joe Johnson, Johnston, I should say, who people will probably know best at the moment from things like Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm. But back around this period, he had just done things like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Rocketeer, and mm. Jumanji. And our returning cast is basically cameos done largely through archive
2: footage.
0: Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, Like a broken arm, here's our cast. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. That took me far too long. Yeah. Ghostbusters full of shit jokes, I thought you'd give me one. Um, So, Eduardo Rivera will be played by Freddie Rodriguez who had been in Dead Presidents at this point. Goes on to be in Harsh Times, Bobby, Planet Terror, lots of other things. Kylie Griffin will be played by Robin Tunney from Empire Records, then goes on to be in The Craft and End of Days. Yolanda Jackson, played by Taraji P. Henson. Admittedly, she's only done TV stuff at this point, so Saved by the Bell, ER, but goes on to be in Smoking Aces, Curious Case, Benjamin Button, Hidden Figures, and lots of other big things. Hitesh Miller, Eric Avari, uh, from California Man, Stargate. Goes on to be in Independence Day, The Mummy, He's, he's one of those people who, when you see a picture of him, you'll go,
3: oh, it's him! Bad guy, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> in the role of Cartwright, Daniel Stern from Home Alone and City Slickers and goes on to be in Very Bad Things. Dr. Bream is played by Tim Robbins of The Shawshank Redemption and Arlington Road and Mission to Mars and High Fidelity. And providing certain creature effects that we'll get back to in more detail later, Doug Jones with the voice of Frank Welker. Oh, nice. Bit of
1: frame work. That's a combination.
2: And uh, special effects, or special makeups, I should say, makeup effects being done by Rick Baker to read time with that whole Doug Jones physical thing. We'll get back with more of that detail next week.
1: Can I just ask, isn't Eduardo Riviera a character from Extreme Ghostbusters? Stuart, you may be onto something something. Well, I don't know how I know that because I've never seen Extreme Ghostbusters. Oh.
2: As is Kylie Griffin, and the other names are oh. alludes to. But we'll give la- that a ones. little later. Mm. Our composer is Wojciech Keeler. We're going to play this straight, basically. Um, he did Bram Stoker's Dracula, Ninth Gate, Pianist. It's all very choral and pianos and heavy and dirgy and very Polish and very actual Polish. <laughs> <laughs> and um no, really, really dark and very, very cool stuff. I think that would have a nice, suitable tone for what we're going for. Interesting. And our elevator pitch.
3: In a world where busting is a run-of-the-mill blue-collar profession, a fresh troop of ghostbusters are dispatched on their first assignment. little similar there.
0: Mm. Mm. Bunch of idiots trying to do ghostbusting. That could be interesting. <laughs> mm. So, we will delve deeper into their pitches next week, folks. So we will see you then. Well, you'll hear us again. You won't see us. It's a podcast. It gets the tough harbour chicks. Versus, I ain't afraid of no (laughs) TV. That is a good joke. (laughs) See you next week, folks.
1: Bye. Bye. See you.